Welcome to Dietitians Uncorked, a podcast hosted by Kat and Kelly, two registered dietitians who co-founded Nutriving, a virtual nutrition practice. We talk all things food, nutrition, life, and of course, wine. This is a judgment-free zone where all foods fit and all bodies are welcome. Thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of Dietitians Uncorked, where we talk all things food, nutrition, and wine. But today we don't have wine. We have an amazing recipe that Kelly made. Hey, Kelly. Hello. Yes, we do. We're both drinking our oat milk hot chocolate, which is very seasonal. That recipe is on the blog. It's a really good one. Also, if you're like me and cannot handle the um, lactose in cow's milk or any other creamer and stuff, this is the recipe for you. It it makes me feel so great that I can drink this and not have to have a bathroom <laughs> nearby. So, Win. you know, for those who know, you know. <laughs> um, we have a really cool episode today and it's all about holiday season Um, It's about trying to navigate parties and big meals, big events. Lots of emotions come up around this time. Also, uh, I find that with all of my clients this past several weeks, it's really what we've been focusing on is how to prepare, how to have the right tools for when you're faced with a large meal, a large gathering, there's lots of different foods that you don't normally eat, and how to navigate that while keeping your health as a priority and in mind. So we have six tips coming your way, and I cannot wait to tell you all about them because I think these are actually really, really practical. Yeah, that's always what we strive to do, right? Give compassionate and practical mm-hmm. advice. So we hope this episode is helpful as you enter, you know, the holiday season, whatever you're celebrating. It's just a time of year where there's more parties, gatherings, dinners, etc. So let's get into it. Kat, do you want to go through exactly. our first one? Yes. Um, this is a big one. And since we talk about wine mm-hmm. most uh, episodes and we are called Dietitians Uncorked, we wanted to touch on alcohol and just staying hydrated in general. So if you do drink or if you do not drink, still staying hydrated is so, so important, Um, particularly because most of the foods that you're going to be consuming typically contain a little bit more sodium. There's lots of different sweet beverages happening. And so staying hydrated is a really, really good thing to keep in mind. Now, if you're someone who is trying to limit their alcohol intake, uh, this season can get a little (laughs) rowdy, if you know what I mean. So it's uh, difficult to sometimes maintain that goal throughout your going through social events and parties and all that. One tip that I often find that can be really, really useful is to, if you're trying to limit alcohol intake, delay your first drink as much as possible. Essentially, this what de- what I, the goal I think is is that once you start drinking, it's harder to kind of slow down, especially in a social situation where you have a host who's like trying to make sure everyone's mm-hmm. having a good time. You have a glass full of wine and all that. 
So if you delay that first drink, you're in a way you're giving yourself a little time because then the later you delay, the shorter the window of you drinking becomes, it becomes more manageable to slow down, which is a really practical idea of coming about this. The other thing is mocktails are all the rave. They're super in you guys, Mm -hmm. super in. And so if you're the host or if you're bringing something, you could bring something alcoholic and you can bring a mocktail. Make it something exciting, something that tastes good, something that looks vibrant. And then that way, everybody can start off with something a little bit more hydrating versus something that has alcohol in it. Or if you'd like to take a break in between alcoholic beverages, this can be a really good idea. Um, and then the other thing, our little... That, that was our A and B, and now we're in our C of staying hydrated, <laughs> um, is keeping a glass of water close by. So if you're drinking some wine and then you're done with that wine, instead of going immediately for a refill, get some water, drink something, and then you can re-engage with the lovely wines, which I'm sure all of our listeners are going to be having some, if you are of age. Yeah, I think... Just having a game plan, you know, if one of those ideas sounds like it would work well for you, knowing that going into whatever event you're, you're about to go to, just so you're, you know, being really conscientious about how you want to enjoy that party and you have a game plan. Cause sometimes if we go in like without a game plan for some people, not everyone, but sometimes not having a game plan results in just like chaos, right? At this time of the year. It's such a time of abundance. Like Kat mentioned, if you have hosts who are like just super gracious hosts, like often people want to make sure, you know, you always have a drink in your hand, you have snacks, like you have everything that you need, but sometimes that can result in feeling like we always need a drink in our hand, which, you know, at Mm -hmm. parties you can always have a drink, but maybe switch it off, right? Incorporate water or a mocktail, something as simple as like, cranberry juice, club soda, little sprig of rosemary, like put it in the champagne flutes and suddenly it feels kind of fancy, you know, but it's a good break between maybe glasses of champagne or wine, just so you're not constantly having alcohol throughout the night. Oh my gosh. I was just about to say like a little sparkling water and a little cranberry juice. It's just such a good little tip, especially if Let's say you used to be somebody who drank a lot. And so there's sort of this expectation that you will Mm -hmm. continue that. And then you're trying to be more intentional about it. If somebody looks at you and they kind of visually like are checking off boxes of who has a drink that they probably are enjoying, that is such a, such a good trick Mm -hmm. up your sleeve. So if you're trying to be sneaky, just bring some cranberry juice. I'm sure they'll have some sparkling water or you could bring some and then. Fancy, fancy mocktail in your hand. And it's not to like kill the vibe or make it less fun or anything. This is really about making sure that you're enjoying yourself to the fullest, but also feeling good, you know, throughout the party, after the party, the next day, like for a lot of people, this is a huge area of struggle around the holidays. So just kind of thinking through beforehand, what is your intention? What do you want this party to look like? That can be super helpful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think the holidays is such an interesting time because typically the host really wants you Mm -hmm. to have a good time. If you're the host and you're kind of this way, you know what I'm talking about. Like anytime people come over, 
I want them to have a drink as soon as they walk in. I want them to be right. well fed. I want everyone to be having a good time. And so there's this dynamic between the host and guest where everyone wants each other to have a good time. And sometimes that uh, sort of gets in the way of our intentionality around food. And it takes a long time to explain where you're at sometimes. Be like, oh, I am trying to delay my first, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just... It's, it's enough to have something in your glass that looks good and that you are enjoying, um, enough to appease the host, appease the rest of everybody, and you are keeping your health mm-hmm. goals in mind. So anyway, we're going to number two. Kelly, you want to take yes. this one? So number two is thinking through meal and snack timing. So often, you know, with a Thanksgiving meal or maybe Christmas or any other holidays you're celebrating around this time of year, sometimes we eat at like on times that might be different than you're used to. I know in my family, sometimes we'll have like an earlier dinner, which is pretty common. I don't know why we do this, but it does seem common that you might have earlier. So it just, (laughs) it messes with your meal schedule a little bit. And sometimes the temptation can be, well, I know I'm going to eat a lot tonight. So I'm just going to, you know, skip lunch. It's an early dinner that way, you know, I'm going to be hungry which makes sense. But when we play it out in real time, sometimes what happens is you arrive pretty hungry, like starving. And when we're in that space, you know, it's easier to kind of lose the intention that you have. Sometimes we just, we get so hungry, you pile on a lot of things. There's so many choices at a party. So trying, even if your meal is at a different time than you're used to eating, really think through what does my day look like? You know, can I have a solid breakfast if you're a breakfast person, or can I have regular snacks throughout the day? You know, get some vegetables in, get some protein in. We talked about hydration. Just try to maintain like a sense of normalcy, even if things are a little bit different. Yeah. And this is huge too, because it almost, if you don't take a time to kind of look back and plan on this, it could easily just you know, surprise you how hungry you are and how, uh, there's, there's typically appetizers or little snacky foods before the actual meal. And then before you know it, you're full on those. And now you have a huge meal that you're supposed to consume. And then after that, it, you mm-hmm. don't feel great. I, I know I've been there. So planning a little bit ahead, knowing, Hey, if this is earlier, I don't want to be too full. I don't want to be too hungry. Maybe just a light snack or, no, I'm, I'm, it's going to be more than four hours bef- between, you know, meals or whatever. I'm actually going to have a meal. Um, that way you enjoy the food yeah. that you like the most from these holiday seasons uh, yeah. to the fullest and not with regret or feeling yeah. kind of overly this one's full. So I was just thinking about this weekend. We hosted a dinner party. And as I'm saying this, I'm like, I don't even follow my own advice because I cooked all day. <laughs> and I realized like literally from the mm-hmm. moment I woke up to... I had breakfast, but then I was cooking just nonstop. And I love cooking as, as if you've listened to our podcast, you know, Kat and I enjoy cooking. So I was just like in the zone. I know that I should eat, but I was so in the zone that I like, I didn't eat lunch. And then I realized it was four o'clock and I was like, Fuck it. <laughs> I should have stopped. You know, sometimes it's, especially if you like hosting or you enjoy cooking, or you just have so much to get done, you feel like you cannot stop, 
those are the times you really should, right? So when I realized that, it was like, Mm -hmm. well, definitely miss my lunch window, but I can have a little snack now so that when people start coming, I'm not like starving. So even if you feel like you miss the boat, which happens, right? We're human and we're juggling a lot of things, but there's still ways to kind of rein it in so that because I had that snack, I knew that I wasn't going to be starving or, you know, feeling super tipsy off like one glass of wine because I had a little bit more of a base, which so sometimes you got to turn it around if you miss it a little bit. (laughs) Yep. Yep. The getting tipsy off of one little sip of wine because you haven't had anything. Oh my God. I've, I've been there so many times. Something I often tell to you, like if you are cooking a lot of things like Kelly would just, just described, um, a really quick high protein, you know, snack could be like a little bit of yogurt and some dried nuts or seeds or fruit or something that is like, will keep you kind of full, will keep, give you something in your stomach. It's high, high protein. I'm sorry. It's a high protein snack. And, uh, if that's all you mm-hmm. have time for by the time your guests arrive and you have your first glass of wine, champagne, whatever it might be, you won't feel like you have an empty stomach and now you're kind of tipsy and uh, you've barely had anything to drink. So that's a great one. We have a third one here, which I think is, um, it might be important for, for those who are feeling a little bit of like that, um, nervousness around that sugar crash. Uh, we know that the holidays, I mean, cookies and pies and cakes and all the wonderful things that the holidays bring around. Um, sometimes it can be a, a, a holiday meal can be quite carb heavy, which I love. I mean, it's great. But if you're trying to watch that high sugar spike and crash, or if you are somebody who's watching your... Um, glucose numbers, you're kind of aware that you need to like reduce your amount of carbs that you're eating, something like that. One thing is, um, for example, for the dessert area or timing, if, if you're going somewhere and you know, there's a dessert that you absolutely love, focus on that one, have that one, enjoy the hell out of that one. If there are more desserts available and they're like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Don't, you know, there's no obligation for you to have that. Sometimes in the holidays, if you have like an aunt and she makes this one dessert and she wants everybody to have it and you typically oblige just because you're trying to be polite. Like when we're keeping our health in mind, it's okay to say no, thank you. Not this year. Totally fine. The priority here is for you to enjoy the desserts mm-hmm. that you love. And for the ones that don't really hit the spot, don't need to make it onto your plate which is great. It's great news for how you feel at the end of the day. And then also, um, it, it sort of gives you permission to enjoy that one dessert that you've been looking forward Mm -hmm. to. Um, another aspect for this too, is, um, if you are in, and this relates a little bit more to that sugar spike and crash, uh, there are some people that are a little bit more sensitive to carbohydrate metabolism or just sugar in general their spikes are kind of more pronounced and you feel it in your body. One uh, small tip, I've had a few clients let me know that this has worked out really well for them, but trying to eat vegetables first 
in the meal and then the carbs afterwards. There's something about that fiber, fullness, something going on in that, in the order of consuming these things that can sort of prevent that sugar, real high spike, and then that real steep dip that happens and that you feel kind of crummy afterwards. So just a quick tip there. Yeah, for sure. So if you're, especially if you are monitoring your blood sugar levels, it could just be, you know, something to try out too and see if that does affect you because that's a pretty quick fix, right? Something easy to, to adjust. You're still going to enjoy the foods that you want. You're just being really intentional about the order to, you know, protect your body, make you feel your best. So that's a really good tip. Um, moving on to tip number four, movement. I feel like this is a big topic this time of year. Keeping up with an exercise routine, movement routine can be really tough when people are traveling, hosting more, just have you know different obligations this time of year. I think... For me personally, movement is so key in keeping me like sane and feeling good, you know, throughout throughout all times of year, but especially in the holidays when things your your routine's a little out of whack, you know, it's not quite normal. So give yourself grace if you cannot maintain whatever routine that you have right now. That's okay because you have different things going on. But trying to work in consistently something. So if you're used to doing, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a 45-minute bike ride or something, maybe you don't have time for that. But maybe you get in a 10-minute walk in the morning. Walks after dinner are one of my favorite things to incorporate over the holidays because I'm just like, okay, I'm going for a walk like after a meal. And typically people will join you. And, you know, it's a way to, to get outside, get some fresh air, talk with the people that you're spending time with. I think the key is really just consistency over nothing. So even if you're not doing exactly the same thing, just do something, right? So that you can move your body and get those mental benefits, which for a lot of people, the holidays, sure, they're a time of joy. But for some people, you know, that's not their experience. It might be more stress inducing or more anxiety, or, you know, if you've recently lost loved ones, like it's just, it's a weird time for a lot of people. It's not always filled with joy. So using movement as a way to nourish yourself, take care of yourself during this time, especially if it's a harder time of year is so, so important to me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. If you're an introvert too, and this is like all the people, it's just like really overwhelming after a meal, you know, going for a walk. Gosh, what a, what a nice refresher break things up a little bit too, which is really, Mm -hmm. really nice. Um, I love that. I love the, the sort of setting the intention of doing something it doesn't need to be the same thing and you're not working on the same intensity levels maybe or length of time that you normally dedicate, but doing something, uh, it helps you to feel like your body's still, you know, using that energy to, uh, use muscles to maybe clear head, to get rid of some toxins, whatever it might be really stress, but doing something will be definitely uh, Mm -hmm. beneficial. 
Um, something also, so this has been a big topic this week with my clients. Um, and it has not been intentional. It's not like I've been bringing it up, but I've had more, more than a few people tell me just how much anxiety comes with an abundance of food. And you might think like an abundance of food, kind of like the phenomenon sometimes that can happen at like a buffet or something like that, where you can kind of go as many times as you would like and fill up your plate. Some people really have a lot of anxiety around that where they're sort of, uh, maybe there's, there's a little bit of hunger there. It's like, there's so much food and I want to be able to enjoy it all. And I, you know, I don't want anything to run out or I'm not really sure what the rule might be, but it's sort of like this anxious energy of like filling your plate as quickly as possible with more food than you probably wanted or were hoping for. So, um, a a little tip I, I give people, if it feels out of control, it's sort of like you have this like nervous energy, fill your plate with some veggies. Veggies sort of tend to spread. They have a lot of fiber and they fill you up. They kind of occupy their space. Sometimes that can be a really good rule of thumb so that you go to your favorite dishes. Since you have a a plate of veggies, you go to your favorite dishes, you get what you want. There's not a a lot of room. And of course, you can always go back and get more if you would like to. But it kind of puts a little break to that nervous energy around in abundance of food. And it's totally normal to feel this way. So uh, vegetables can be just kind of serve as an anchor to that nervous energy. We don't always have the time to be super mindful at that moment, especially if there's a lot of people around. But getting some, incorporating some vegetables on your dish um, will definitely give you that fullness that you're looking for. And it slows down. It also, you take, it takes longer to eat a salad than to to eat, you know, something like mashed potatoes or something like that. You have to chew. So just that exercise, even that physical exercise of chewing something leafy green or whatever it might be, um, will help you kind of slow down a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and sometimes if you're going to an event that maybe you've been to before, you kind of know what's generally on the menu there might not be a ton of vegetable choices, you know, and that's okay. Like work Mm -hmm. with what you got. If it's appropriate for you to, you know, bring something to contribute, you could consider that. I feel like people get really excited about a variety of dishes, but vegetables are typically like not the star of the show when it comes to holiday feasting. And so I have always strived to, you know, flip that because there are so many wonderful vegetable recipes, roasted vegetables, salads, a really good dressing is just like a game changer in my mind. So I always try to, if Mm -hmm. I'm hosting, you know, try to have a variety of options so that people can try different things. I've had many a time where people are like, "Uh, I don't like that. And then I make it for them and then they love it. So it, it can be a really exciting time where you're just you're getting to know how other people cook and getting ideas and, you know, just kind of approaching it with an open mind and make the best that you can with what's there. But really seeking out the vegetables first, that that can be really helpful. And and Kat, the word you used, anchor, I think is is so perfect for that situation. Just like having that anchor, visually you have that anchor, you have that space, like kind of a pause as you're eating. It takes a little bit more time. Sometimes that's all you need to just like center yourself. Mm -hmm. That can be really helpful. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're talking about vegetables and in a, in a meal that likely, like you just said, potentially is not the star of the show. People are not really looking forward to it. Sometimes it's not even there. And if it's not, it's fine. The, the reason why we're kind of going through these tips, it's not necessarily because we want you to like breathe in a gust of wind and feel full all of a sudden, you know, it's, it, this is not right. the point of this conversation. It's really just because some of these holiday events can feel really overwhelming. And if you are working with a dietitian, if you have your personal goals of like lowering your cholesterol, lowering your A1C, getting more hydration, avoiding overconsumption of alcohol. I mean, these are all really wonderful goals and we want to help you get there through the holiday season, which can be really overwhelming. So um, if any of these are triggering, because I know some people have had overtly restrictive patterns of eating and holiday season seems like kind of a, a bit of a nightmare situation for them in the past. And maybe now you've worked through, you feel better. If, if these tips don't really apply to you, no worries. It's great. We just definitely want to give people tools for, uh, navigating your health priority, uh, goals or things that you are trying to keep in mind and be intentional about and how to do that around the holiday season. So if it's for you, great. If not, yeah. Hey, we're happy you yeah. are listening and tune in, you know, in a few weeks for, for other topics, uh-huh. but, um, on that uh-huh. note, we'll leave you with our, our sixth tip. I feel like we could talk so much more about this, but Kat and I tried to really prioritize it and think through what are the most actionable steps, things that might help listeners, you know, in general, the most. So hopefully you have enjoyed this episode so far. Um, but going to wrap it up with one more tip, I think, along with kind of thinking about your intention for the holiday season and and gatherings, thinking about what perspective are you bringing? So really sitting with like, if you're having thoughts of, you know, anxiety, thinking about what's going to be served or anxiety about, you know, oh, I I don't want to drink too much, but I'm worried I'm going to drink too much or, you know, anxiety about like the social component, whatever it is, just kind of pay attention to what's, what kind of thoughts are coming you know, to your mind as you approach the holidays. Um, and, you know, think about, okay, what, if this isn't serving me, if this thought is really contributing to anxiety, like, is there a way I can reframe this or, you know, something I can come back to, to kind of counteract that thought. Sometimes if you have a thought that's just like pushing on you, that's like coming up all the time, we need to actively counteract that. Right. And depending on the severity of these thoughts, this is definitely something to do with a therapist, a mental health professional. But when it comes to food, you know, simply giving yourself grace, I have found to be extremely helpful with with clients in the past. So remembering that, you know, let's take Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, whatever it is, it's just one meal. So we eat so many Mm -hmm. meals throughout the year. There is absolutely no way that a single meal is going to make or break your health goals. So at the end of the day, like you can come back to that because it's okay. You're not going to develop diabetes in one meal. You're not going to gain 25 Mm -hmm. pounds for one meal. You're not going to, you know, nothing bad is going to happen. So kind of coming back to that because there's this time of year, there's, you know, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of advice about how to approach things, including this podcast episode, right? But at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. And so sometimes if it feels like it's getting yeah. overblown, 
In your head, just remember, it's just one meal. Yes. Oh, I, you know, something I think about often is, um, in, in conversations with other dietitians and like even my clients, it's like, but I love this and I know I'm going to go over and I'm not, it's like, Hey, it is one meal of the year that you might be looking forward to the one thing, the one slice of whatever it is that you've been thinking about. Enjoy Mm -hmm. it. Enjoy it. Have some laughs with your family and friends. Have, give yourself plenty of permission to enjoy that thoroughly. And then, you know, you get back on your routine. This doesn't mean that you wake up the next day um, with excess amount of weight that like surpasses your, I don't know, BMI classification or your, the size of your pants. Like it's, it's not like that. What is the most scientifically proven to change your, let's say your lipid profile, your cholesterol, your sugar, it's patterns of eating. It's building on consistent patterns of eating. So one meal, like Kelly said, is just one meal. And I think that hopefully this will give you a sigh of relief. It's just one meal. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Good reminders to keep in mind. Sometimes we, you know, when you're listening to this or reading advice on the internet or whatever, in the moment, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I should definitely do that. And then the day arrives and sometimes it just slips our mind. Kind of like how I missed lunch while I was cooking and, you know, didn't eat a snack till four. (laughs) Like we can have the best of intentions, but often it does take like revisiting that and recentering ourselves so that you can keep those things top of mind, you know, on the day when your event comes. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, I'm curious, do you have a Thanksgiving and Christmas day meal item that it's like a must. Like if it wasn't there, it wouldn't be Thanksgiving or it wouldn't be Christmas. And these can be different for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but do you have like a, this has to be on the table? Absolutely. Um, I would say more so for Thanksgiving Christmas. I feel like we don't always go to the same place on Christmas. Like we switch up, you know, where we're going or who we're staying with. Mm -hmm. The meals are, you know, not the same every time, but Thanksgiving, there's a little bit more consistency from year to year. I love pumpkin pie, like absolutely love it. I only have it this time of year. So if there are pies to be chosen from, I will always eat pumpkin pie because it just feels really special to get to have that on Thanksgiving. The other one is cranberries, like cranberry sauce. My dad makes an amazing cranberry sauce. It's a super simple recipe. And I will eat that for like a few months in the winter because they do sell. You can buy fresh cranberries for a while. Sometimes I will stock up on those and then keep them in the freezer. You can buy frozen cranberries year round. I just love cranberry sauce. So those two absolutely are my non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because um, I, I moved to the U.S. when I was like a teen and I I understood very quickly that there are two types <laughs> of people in the U.S. that when celebrating Thanksgiving, you're either team homemade cranberry mm-hmm. sauce or team Cam. canned mm-hmm. cranberry yeah. sauce. And 
these people will fight each other to <laughs> death if they need to prove their point. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. But, you know, I, it's so funny. I have had both and I enjoy both. Um, David, my husband, absolutely loves mm-hmm. the canned. Like, will not, will not uh, entertain the thought of making it okay. fresh. I need to change that. He needs to have my yeah. dad's cranberries. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I get that. That those are um those are very like yeah. staples. I mean, the can for, to give it credit, the, the can flavor is not terrible. Like I could eat that. It's mm-hmm. the fact. You're right. This is a very polarizing topic. It's the fact that yeah. it holds yep. mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. shape, like to a T. It just it kind of creeps me out. Like nothing else that comes in a can. I guess pumpkin puree. Okay, there are some things, but it retains the shape and then it sits on the plate and it's just like, <laughs> it jiggles. I mean, but some people love that. Like I'm love the fact that them. it's already like pre. Yeah, that's great for them. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> Bless your soul. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> Yeah. Bless your heart. Um, yeah. Some people are like, Hey, it even comes pre like marked where you need to cut the slices. Yeah. It's a, it's a polarizing Mm -hmm. topic for sure. What about you? Do you have any favorite holiday foods, like things that you absolutely have to have at a given holiday? Oh, good question. Um, so because I'm, I'm married to um, an American. We we do, you know, Thanksgiving has become, it has made its way to, like, my parents care about it now. Like, it's, you know, it's fully integrated into my family. And my siblings are sort of like, hey, one more chance to exactly. eat a lot of food. It's great. <laughs> so we just, you know. Um, I have to say, I, the first time I ever tried pumpkin pie, I'm, like, thinking, like, this is the weirdest <laughs> thing. Because to me... Pumpkin is something that, like, it's not meant to be sweet. And this is, like, before the pumpkin spice Mm -hmm. craze was, like, all, you know. But, like, I was sort of like, this is strange. (laughs) Like, it's like a squash, Mm -hmm. you know. It's like a squash Mm -hmm. pie. Um, But the more I had it, the better recipes I tried. Um, And and a little shout-out to Claire Saffitz from uh, New York Times Cooking. And she has a book called Dessert Person. Oh, God, I Mm -hmm. love her so much. She has a great pumpkin pie recipe, and I love – I I have to say I'm with you. For Thanksgiving, pumpkin pie for me is – so good. I love it. It it feels like Thanksgiving. It sure does. Um, And for Christmas – so I associate Christmas – I'm from Chile, and Christmas is in the middle – it's like in the beginning of summer here. So, like, Santa wears shorts, and he drinks cold Cokes, you know? Like, that's that's Santa. He has sunglasses. <laughs> um, and they're – in Chile, that's the season where we have the most – like, we have a lot of produce that's super fresh and, like, the best time to buy produce. So I associate it with a huge variety of salads. Mm-hmm. Like, Christmas dinner is, like – meat on the grill and then lots and lots of salads which is like a really refreshing Mm -hmm. kind of a a nice dinner um it's less um what's the word it's less rich it's more fresh there's like a lot of lemon and lime and cilantro and yeah so 
a, a bit different mm-hmm. than uh, the U.S. Christmas dinner. Yeah. But yeah. Like, obviously, I know you very well. I know you grew up in Chile, and I know that our seasons are the opposite. But hearing you say that, I'm like, wow, that would be so weird for me. Like, you know, because in the States, it's especially I grew up in the Midwest. I still live in the Midwest. It's cold. So it's like warm, you know, everything is warm, hearty, comforting, like stick to your rib kind of, kind of meals. And to think about just having like what you described as, you know, summer food, right? Because it's summer by you, which makes sense. Now I kind of want to throw like a Chilean, Christmas meal. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I mean, I I could give you some pointers, but man, it is it mm-hmm. is different. It's very different. But I feel like it's such a such a I don't know. There's a livelihood to the meal that it's just you know nice. But to your point, so we get a lot of decorations from the U.S. sent here. You know for different seasons Halloween used to not be a thing and now like there are pumpkins and like little ghosts (laughs) everywhere around Halloween kids go outside and ask for candy and that used to not be a thing here but now you know it is and I and I I really (laughs) love it it's it's really cute um but then we also get some Christmas decorations and half of them come like you might have some decorations that are like covered in snow or like you know fuzzy little socks and we're dying of heat over here <laughs> and everything sort of meant to uh, you know resemble the uh, uh, a white mm. christmas and we have a very sunny hot being outside mm. kind of christmas so it's hilarious that you can go into people's houses and their decorations are all Frosted. about <laughs> a very cold christmas <laughs> reindeer with snow and all that stuff it's yeah. uh, it's hilarious but you know, we, we get it. The U.S. gets a cold Christmas and, you know, we just have yeah, a summer one. Not everyone, though. I mean, I remember I lived in Florida for a little bit and the first Christmas there, I was like, this is bizarre to see, like, Christmas lights mm-hmm. on palm trees and, you know, it's just a different experience, but there's there's beauty in all of it. We wish you all a happy holiday season. Yes. If you need to come back to these pointers you know, it's a good thing. These these are good reminders to keep in just in the your back pocket in case you need them. Um, we Our schedule might be a little crazy with the holidays coming up. We'll let you know. Otherwise, I believe we will come um, out with another episode in two weeks. But we appreciate you guys tuning in so much, friends. We absolutely love having our listeners um, engage. And so if there's a topic, if there's something you would like to, us to cover, we are here for you. So thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see ya in two weeks. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Bye.